Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this week's edition of 48 Minutes Basketball Network as we start our biggest questions for each team in the NBA, starting this week with the 15 Eastern Conference teams. I'm Tim Daniel here, as always, with Sean Mackey and Josh Hayes. Uh, We're hoping Ben Brown will be joining us. I specifically put the Pacers at the end of this in hopes that he will be here. Um, So in time to answer these questions. But guys, how we doing? I'm excited for this week's episode. We're Getting closer, you know, the, the the temperatures went down this week. That means we're one step closer to the basketball season. We had media days yesterday, and everyone gave their teams hope, and Jimmy Butler still looks really weird with dreadlocks, but we're here. <laughs> Thank you. Got it all covered. Thanks for coming out, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> the Miami Heat question, will Jimmy Butler get real hair again? Well, I think he still has his real hair. It's just underneath all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. I love that you said he does it strictly to make the internet mad. That was awesome. <laughs> well, this week's episode is pretty self-explanatory. I'll pull up each team in the East. We have one question we've attached to each team. And we will then go from there and kind of one of us will discuss it. Um, and if we have a quick rebuttal, we'll go to it and then we'll go to the next team. We don't want to keep you guys here forever. We don't want to be here forever either. Um, but let's go ahead and jump right into it with the, we're going to start the Atlantic division. And obviously you got to start with the defending Eastern conference champions, the Boston Celtics. So Josh, we'll start with you here. This Celtics team does not have, I guess they have Al Horford, but they have two guys in their mid twenties kind of leading the way through Maybe some of the biggest controversy in Celtics history is Ime Udoka's suspension. Can the Celtics move forward from this and pick up where they left off last season? Man, um, I'm still laughing about this and like this situation and what's going on because like it seems like every single day like something's added to it that just makes it crazier and crazier. Um, as far as on the basketball court, I definitely feel like the Celtics did what they needed to do to try to put themselves back in position to be in another finals run. Um, I'm a firm believer that Brad Stevens is probably the the bigger architect behind the Celtics run, even though he wasn't sitting on the bench. You saw him move up to a higher position. Um, but I don't know, man. Anytime you start getting some craziness that goes on in-house and then, you know, it gets leaked out into the public and then it just gets super messy. I always feel like those teams tend to break down at some point in the season. So even with everything, um, all the pieces that they have in place, I just think there's going to be too much going on for the Celtics to make another title run. Yeah, I think, um, you know, because I know a lot of people are kind of pointing to Phoenix, right, with Robert Sarver and everything that happened there is like this, like, well, you know, they did it and they had a really good year last year. Yeah, it didn't work out. But um, that team at Chris Paul, who, weirdly enough, already kind of went through that whole scenario once before with a big controversy up top. Yeah. Um, so they had kind of that guy to steer the ship. Um, 
I love Tatum and Brown. Uh, I just I just don't know how they can kind of move forward with this, especially with a healthy Milwaukee. And we're going to talk about, like I said, 14 other teams in the East. Uh, they got an uphill battle. But like you said, I agree. I think Brad Stevens is more the guy. And I love them getting Malcolm Brock. And I think it's an awesome pickup for them. But I don't know, man. I think that's going to be a really, really tough thing that right before training camp, you lose your coach for the year. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know how you rebound from a weird scandal like that. I think uh, I think the Celtics are going to have an uphill battle this year. But adding Brogdon, I mean, these we counted this team out last year early. I mean, they were having they had a really rough start and they somehow made it to the finals because none of us by the time December, January rolled around, we were not like, oh, yeah, these guys are going to the NBA finals. They figured it out somehow. I thought it was one of the more unlikely uh, later season turnarounds I've probably ever seen since watching basketball. So we'll see what happens, man. Uh, I think uh, I think they're still going to be really, really good, and and uh, you know we'll get to see if maybe that was the coach or or it was just the players or what's going to happen. But the East got better too, so we'll see. Josh, I do need uh, you to confirm. Uh, did you quit playing Fortnite to record tonight? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> just need to make sure because Patrick Finke asked. So I got to make sure if you ask a question, we get to it. That was my promise. So, um, the, the last piece I have on this is their interim, Joe Missoula, uh, who is probably younger than, um, you know, four or five of the guys on the team. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I mean, he's still young enough to play in all honesty. Um, what is he like, 34 years old, 33, 34? Um, I think it's going to be hard for him to to gain control of that team for however long that's going to be as well, too. So I just think that it's definitely a a strange situation that's going on there. So, Yeah, it's goofy. That brings us to talk about goofy. Let's talk about the Knicks. (laughs) Sean, this was the question you submitted for this today. So I'll ask you. As we know, the Dicks were all in for Donovan Mitchell this offseason, and things did not go to their favor. What is next for the Knicks after striking on yet another big-time star? Uh, well, if you ask Tom Thibodeau, it's just uh, play, play harder. You know, that's all you got to do, right? You know, um, this is an interesting roster. Um, I think um, this team struck out majorly again every, year after year. I mean. It used to be funny, but at a certain point, it's kind of like you'd like to, after, you know, two seasons ago with the Knicks making it to the playoffs, you know, we had that little glimmer of hope that, you know, because it's just great to see him in there every year. You know, it's it's huge for the city of New York. Um, it's, it's huge for the fans. It's huge for television ratings to have the Knicks out there. And I don't know what this team's going to be. Um, I watched Derek Rose's presser today um, talking about how, you know, players are going to hold each other more accountable and yada, yada. We've heard this kind of stuff before though. Um, you know, <laughs> we're, we're entering, I think what the third season of, um, Oh, I am. My computer went blank for a second. Okay. Um, we're, we're in the third season of Obi Toppin here. Um, I think he's going to have to take another step for them to be able to, to do anything. Um, the rest of this team, it's just, it's so mismatched with just weirdness. I mean, like I like RJ Barrett, but is he the guy? 
I don't think so. Julius Randle last year took a huge step backwards. Cause he, can he make a turnaround? I, this is just, this is going to be one of those wait and see sort of situations. I, I don't know what this team is going to be. Nothing would shock me if they, if they made it into the playoffs, I'd be like, okay, cool. They did it. But like, I, I just, I don't know where you go. It's just kind of a sad team right now. Sad roster. I have a suggestion. Go for it. You call Oklahoma city. You say, hey, Sam, Sam Presti, how you doing? This is this is World Wide West. We want Shea Gildas-Alexander because we didn't get Donovan Mitchell, and we'll offer the same exact package we offered the, offered the Jazz. What do you say? Yeah. well, They and have to. They have to do that, right? Okay, so he's got to do that. Yeah, yeah Sam, to. Sam Presti's all about just collecting assets no matter what it costs. <laughs> yeah. Good player, more assets. Good player, more assets. It's like a yeah. never-ending circle that goes nowhere. <laughs> hey, man, you don't have Chet Holmgren this year. We have a big we can give you, so let us know. Yeah. Yeah, I think Shea makes a lot of sense for them. I don't know if it'll happen, but it makes a ton of sense. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I agree. All right, I guess this is my turn. I will bring up the slide here for the Brooklyn Nets, and I know this is a interesting conversation because Ben Simmons decided to talk last week on J.J. Reddick's pod, which – was pretty insightful. Um, had some stuff that I still was kind of like, eh, I don't know, buddy. Um, and but will the Nets be in a New York state of mind for those '90s hip hop people? They know exactly what I'm talking about here, uh, the classic Nas song. And my thought process behind this, when I put this quick grid together, was I think this team needs to be. Uh, this is a team that everyone knows loved watching them not succeed last year and loved watching their big three fall apart. Uh, you know, you had, you've got the whole Ben Simmons scenario here, um, you know, with the trade and he was going to play in the playoffs and decided he wasn't going to play. And then, you know, he, all that stuff going on. Uh, but with that being said on paper, if you look at this roster, you know, you look at Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, um, if those three have their minds, right. I mean, sky's the limit for the Nets. Uh, Royce O'Neal on this team, Nicholas Claxton, Joe Harris is back and healthy. Like that's Edmund Sunders coming off the bench. They've got TJ Warren. Like they're, yeah, it's pretty stacked. But if those three aren't in it and, you know, like we saw last year, this all goes to shit and we're just laughing at them about how embarrassing they are. But if they click and tap into that New York state of mind, watch out NBA because this team's scary as hell. Um, can I put an asterisk next to this and say, if after every, after every, if I can say something, mm -hmm. if Kyrie plays more than half the games, that's a big one. Yeah. If Ben Simmons actually plays, that's a big one. If Kevin Durant doesn't get hurt, this team will be in the NBA finals. Ooh. Okay. A healthy Nets roster is in the NBA Finals. I like a lot, of, a lot of ifs. A lot of ifs. If they, if they could get along with their coach. Yeah, if they don't fall that, apart. Yeah, that's the other thing. I forgot all about the that weirdness. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to not look at this roster on paper and think like, man, they're pretty scary. Um, but, you know, it's like I said, those three with their weird state of minds and hedge sets and – Durant, like in his media day yesterday, when they're like, Are you shocked you're not traded? He's like, No, they told me I was too good to be traded. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, 
but you know, they got a lot to play for. This is Kyrie's contract year. Uh, I don't think it's much of a secret that everyone knew he wanted to play for the Lakers and was pretty open to making that happen any way he possibly could. And it just wasn't in the cards. So, you know, this is, there's a lot to have for this Brooklyn team. Um, my one prediction, my one prediction, if, if Kyrie qualifies in games played, he will be all NBA. Ooh, that's a good one. At least, at least second team. Josh is bringing it on the nets. Yeah, he's he's bringing in the hot takes today. Yeah, yeah, he's bringing on the nets. I like oh, it. I love good. it. Yeah. All right, so this Brooklyn team, yeah, I think it's going to be fun. Uh, if, they, if they put it all together, they're a blast to watch. If not, they're a blast to have a podcast and talk about. So, <laughs> John, will bring you back in with the Toronto Raptors. And this question is pretty easy. Last year's Rookie of the Year, Scotty Barnes was a member of this roster. Can he grow off of already an already stellar rookie campaign from last season? Absolutely. Uh, Scotty Barnes was kind of one of the surprise um, rookies of the year. I mean, I think we all were thinking it was going to be Cade, but he, Scotty kind of came out of nowhere. I think that the Toronto Raptors, uh, they're going to be a team that you're going to have to look out for. I expect huge, huge things from him this year. Um, you know, they have a, a smart front office. And I think if, you know, they get into a spot where they think they can make a run, you know, in a year or so, I think they will. And I think Scotty Barnes right now, I think he's a big piece of it. Um, you know, I, this is a team that's what three years removed from being NBA champions. So, um, I think the sky's the limit for Scotty Barnes. I look forward to watching him. He was, I didn't watch enough of him last season. Um, to really appreciate him, but it's, I think, I think this year is going to be a, a huge year for him. I think he is going to take his game to another level. I don't think it was a fluke or anything of that nature. And uh, I'm hoping uh, the gigantic stack of rookie cards of his that I've assembled might be worth something in the near future. I would say they will be. Um, I really like this. I really like this Raptors roster. I, I really do. Precious OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Isaac Bonga, Chris Boucher, uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez, David Johnson, Otto Porter, Pascal Siakam, Gary Trent, Fred Van Vliet, Thad you put, Young. I feel like you put Siakam kind of low on that list. I went down the alphabetical order. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. Just checking. Yeah. I mean, they, I got, mean, they got five guys on this roster that could average 20 points a game. Yeah, man. They're good. They do. Good coach. They do. Yeah. I like this team. I think it'll be a lot of fun. They're a league pass team for sure. Bring back the first jerseys. I agree. I agree. Yep. Are they wearing those this year for the anniversary jerseys? They better so. be. They better be. They need and to they just. Got, and they got Bo Cruz's brother. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, man. Watch out for Bo Cruz's brother. <laughs> 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 that reminds me of. Sean knows where I'm going with this because I make this joke all the time. Did you ever see the movie Josh the Goods? Uh, yes. When he's like, we got Bo Bice's brother, Eric, here this week. <laughs> Man, at, that joke is so dated. <laughs> I, know. I know. But I still love everything about it. And all our listeners just clicked out here. So Josh yeah. will end the Atlantic Division here because this is a question you submitted to the group. And one that I kind of how I really like the conversation. Is this the year the Philadelphia 76ers make it to the conference finals? Guys, I don't know if you realize this. The last time they made it to the conference finals 
was the year Allen Iverson took them to the finals. Wow. It's been a minute. It's been a while. It has. Um, we've kind of been talking back and forth and um, two things here. They got Montrez Harrell mm-hmm. and PJ Tucker who like bring a lot of energy to this team. And I saw that the James Harden, Joel Embiid thing looks like it's going to work. And then you add in um, Tyrese Maxey, who we've been kind of talking back and forth behind the scenes that we think he's going to take this huge leap this year. And they still got guys like Shake Milton and Thibel and Hair. Like, I feel like this team is built better than it has been since Joel Beads has been there. And I think this is the year they actually truly could compete for a title um, playing the Nets or the uh, Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. I agree. I really do. It's the first time you see since since Embiid's been healthy and on the court on a consistent basis. Take that with a grain of salt, saying consistent and on court with Joel Embiid. Um, but... There's no weird piece of the puzzle in this roster, right? Like if you look at it, there's no like, oh, we got to fit Al Horford in. Oh, we got to fit Ben Simmons in. Like this is like, this is the Joel Embiid roster. You're right. This is everything you want for a team with him being kind of your guy. Uh, ben and I have already gone on record and saying we both picked Joel Embiid to be the MVP this year. I'm standing by that. I think okay. he's going to play 67, 68 games this year. And that's all he's going to need because he's going to be tremendous. And James Harden is never going to be Houston Rockets James Harden ever again. Let's just throw that guy out the window. It's never coming back. But if James Harden becomes James Harden, the facilitator to Joel Embiid, I don't know how many teams could beat them. No, but think about it. Trez will get his second team points. Like they don't really need him on the first team. He's, he's kind of the energy guy that comes in on the second unit. Uh, PJ Tucker's there for defense and toughness. Like he's going to get you his four to six points a game. That's what he scores. Um, Hit you a couple quarter threes, hard fouls, and try to get into a little couple scuffles. Um, The only one guy on this roster that I think they really truly need to find his place in his niche is Tobias Harris. I think last year when James Harden came, he kind of looked like he was out of sync a little bit. Yeah. and I think that they'll figure that out. Even if he's like the main guy on the second team here, like, Hey, you're our go-to guy, or he's the third option on the first team. However, they decide to play it. Um, you may see his points per game drop a little bit, maybe down to like 15 or something. But I really think that um, they'll figure this out because if they don't, Doc Rivers won't have a job after this year with the um, 76ers at all. And they've got the ultimate perimeter F you up guy. They got D'Anthony Melton for one-legged Danny Green. Yeah. That they I did. forgot about Melton. Yeah. Yeah. I also love yeah, I, I love this team too, but if I feel like if things don't go well, like, you know, we're getting down to like the nitty-gritty before like around all-star break, they have pieces that they can move to to make this team better. Like they have options. This is a team that is not like there's a lot of teams in the NBA right now that are like like painted into a corner where they can't make any moves. I'm talking about the Lakers. I'm talking about the Bulls, you know. So there's a lot of teams like that, but I feel like there's so many guys, you know, that there's guys that are on this roster that people would want if, you know, things start to get kind of weird towards it, you know. I think that 
adding Montrez Harrell, I think was huge, especially getting him kind of late in the game this off season was awesome. And then, you know, I think James Harden's going to have a good year, but you know, if you need to move Matisse Thibault, like if, I mean, you, you don't want to, he's great, but if you absolutely needed to, to get that absolute final person on there, or maybe even, you know, Tobias Harris, they can do that. They've got flexibility to be able to do that. Cause I don't think they're absolutely married to those guys. No, I don't either. Um, I think that having that flexibility helps a lot too. And you know, this is a team that you know had to go a couple draft picks in the James Harden trade. So yeah, yeah it, there's a lot to kind of look to there. Um, let's go to another fun team. Uh, let's talk about the Miami heat. And this is a really interesting question uh, because this is a roster who we all love the heat. We all love what they do, but I'm like pulling their roster up as we speak for this question. Who in the hell gets the PJ Tucker minutes? Now that PJ Tucker's gone and I literally have looked at this roster and it's like, all right, you know, bam, you know, Jimmy, you know what they're getting from those guys. Dwayne Dedman. That's not a good idea. They Obviously, just signed. They just signed Haslam back, man. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like how, is, how, is Caleb how, Martin going to play those minutes? How many minutes was, was he averaging Tim? Let me pull it up real quick. But like I thought you were going to throw that right at me. Hear me like, this many minutes. I think I have my answer, and I'm twenty-eight thoughts. He played 28 20, minutes. twenty-eight minutes a game. That's a lot. Ooh, yeah, that is so, a good question. I got two guys. I think they're combined to play those minutes. You ready for this? Go for it. My man, Omer Yurt Seven, Biggie Sky represent, and Nikola Jovic. You think those are the guys? I don't think they can necessarily take a, take what PJ Tucker brings to the court, but they can score, and Miami needs a lot of that. Uh, you know, Old Depot coming off the bench. Obviously, we have no idea what the hell Duncan Robinson's going to be. He's been so up and down. Uh, My since God, the yeah. So this is kind of like those two guys can stretch the floor for you. They're never going to be able to have that toughness that PJ had, and they're definitely not going to be able to. Uh, replicate like that defensive ability, but as far as stretching the floor, they're probably gonna need those guys to play those minutes next to Bam and Jimmy and Lowry. Yeah, we know that they're gonna be in the hunt somewhere because of who their coach is and who their GM is, and they'll probably make a move somewhere to try to strengthen up this rock. But yeah, you're right, man. Um, what what PJ Tucker brought to that team um, on a night to night basis, like. I'm with you. I don't see it. Yeah. It's going to be, I mean, Jimmy obviously is like, you know, the ultimate chip on his shoulder kind of guy, uh, which is why we all love him still very much, even though he's not a bull anymore. Um, to me, he's an all time bull. I don't give a shit what anyone says. Yes. He's, he's one of my favorite bulls ever. So yeah, I'm excited. Uh, was it Sean? Is it your turn here? Did I get this mixed up in the rotation? Yeah, I, I think it is. So okay. I, get the ma- I get the magic question, right? Yep. Of course. Okay. Sean, am I going to have to edit this out of the podcast later? <laughs> I- Thank you, guys. All right. So, Sean. Okay. Yes. 
What should we expect from from first number one overall pick, Paolo Bancaro, this season? Um. Well, I think we're gonna we're gonna expect a lot. I mean, this is a guy who played in all thirty nine of his college games last year. He averaged seventeen and eight. He was the he was the ACC rookie of the year. Um, this is uh, this is this was a perfect situation for the Orlando Magic. I think he is going to be an absolute stud down there. I love what they're building with Franz Wagner. I thought he had just a phenomenal season. They have a lot of question marks with a lot of the same small point guards or small point and shooting guards. I don't know what any of them are down there. I don't know. They if don't they, either. They, they don't know. They themselves don't know. Um, so I think he has he has an opportunity to really, really take control of this team and make it his. And I expect nothing less of him. I think I think he's going to have to come in immediately and be the man. And um, man, wouldn't it be great to have some hope in Orlando again? Like finally. After all this time, I feel like this is, this was, I think this was just a huge pick. And I think it's, I, I think it was kind of, I want to say, I think I feel like it was a little bit of a safe pick, but man, go for it. The safe pick in 92 was Shaq. So it was destiny. You know what I mean? Like for them destiny. to win the lottery and get Palo, like, especially because all we heard up to draft day was they're taking Jabari Smith. They're taking Jabari Smith. That's all we heard. That's all we heard the whole week. Like, I mean, it was like, it went, it was Palo. And then it went back down to, to Smith and it just kept going back and forth. And then like the whole week of the draft, they're getting Smith. Yeah. But I I love Palo. I I really, really love Palo. I think he's going to be an awesome NBA player. Um, Such a nice jumper, just super smooth. Uh, has the ability to stretch the floor, can play three, four, or five. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited. Not that they need yeah. him to play the five because they've got 17 centers, but yeah, they do. Well, yeah. listen to this Banchero, 19. Caleb Houston, 19. Jalen Suggs, 21. Franz Wagner, 21. Then you go into. You know, some of the other guys, Bo Bo, I don't know if he's going to play or not, 22. Wendell Carter Jr., 23. R.J. Hampton, 21. Um, wait, wait, Markel wait. Fultz, 24. Cole Bo- Anthony, 22. Mo Bamba, 24. Like, this team is ungodly young. <laughs> yeah, they are. But Bo Bo is just 22? <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. I feel and like he's been in the, the league forever. <laughs> you got the veteran. You got the veterans of the group, Gary Harris at twenty-eight, and Terrence Ross at thirty-one. So, like, I think I think Terrence Ross just likes not paying state taxes. That's got to be the only reason he's there, right? That's what it is. <laughs> Every guy on their roster is under twenty-five years old, except for those two. Yeah. Terrence Ross is a 2K god, too, just in case anyone's wondering. He is, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Josh, so this is a – we got a couple more in this division. Uh, this one's really interesting. This is one where I was really kind of having trouble looking at it. So question is, who is on the court with, L- with Lamella Ball and Terry Rozier in Charlotte? Um, obviously, we know that it's not going to be Miles Bridges. Um, so my question really is, like, do they lean a lot more – 
How much is Mark Williams going to play his rookie year for this team, the center out of Duke? How much do they count on PJ Washington? You know, who else do they rely on? Does James Booknight come in and they play a three three guard lineup most of the time? Like a lot of questions for Steve Clifford's return year to Charlotte. So they didn't want their coach and then signed him back. And then they got well. Miles Bridges did what Miles Bridges did. We'll put it that way. So he's not coming back. And then you lose Montrez Harrell. Um, this team's taken a step backwards big time. And I don't know how you how you replace that type of production that fast with those guys. So even if you say they're going to step up or you say – Somebody like a Ubre Jr. is going to take a different role. Um, I think this team is in a position right now where they don't even go 500 if they don't figure out a way to um, fix those glaring holes on their roster. And if these other guys can't step up and play, it's wraps for them. I agree. I have a lot of worries for them. Um, I want them to be good. Like, who doesn't love watching LaMelo Ball play basketball? Yeah, and, he's really good. Yeah, I mean, we you heard me all year at the 2020, 2021 draft. Like, I love James Booknight. I think James Booknight is, can can be a really good NBA player. I think there where they got Mark Williams in this draft was a steal. Uh, you know, it's a really good pick. But there's just so many questions about them and so many things that I don't know how they fit together. Um, after Lamella Rozier and Kelly Oubre, everything's kind of thrown up in the air as like a, you know, you throw your hands in the air and try to figure it out. So I'm with you, man. I, I really don't know. I have a lot of concerns for them. I I really hate this roster. <laughs> it's not a good roster. Like, like I don't like it. Yeah. I, I, I don't ever know what they're doing in Charlotte. It's, it's, it's sad. And they're going to have to make a move quick if they want to retain somebody like LaMelo Ball, because he is a talent. And um, he's going to be highly sought after by other teams if if they keep you know having years like this. So, well, just to kind of give you an idea, Miles Bridges was their leading scorer last year yeah. at um, at little over twenty a game. I mean, you're taking off a a guy who is a big part of what they do. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's going to be hard, man. I just don't know. Um, you think LeVar will like try to get LaMelo out of Charlotte? Or do you think they're going to try to get Lonzo to Charlotte? <laughs> How is the that goal was happen? The goal was always <laughs> the three ball brothers would play together. That was always yeah. the goal. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that later. All right. So I've got the Wizards of Washington. And the question is, can the Wizards make a playoff run? And guys... You heard me say it earlier in the year when on our over-under predictions for the offseason. I like this roster. I like this team. I really do wish they still had KCP. I think that's going to be a big loss for them, though, getting Will Barton's really nice. Um, I think this team's in the fight for the play-in. Uh, you look at you know Bradley Beal, if he's healthy, that's a big step for them. Uh, they've got Daniel Gafford, again, who's really continuing to grow. Maybe a big thing the Bulls maybe should have held on to as we look in the future. Who knows? Um, Corey Kispert, who is a shooter. You know, Kuzma looked really, really comfortable last year with them, and that was a huge step for them. They have Porzingis now. Uh, 
you know, what do they get from Rui Hachibur? What do they get from Denny Optia to go with the scores they have? And Johnny Davis. I mean, they got Johnny Davis, who I really loved at Wisconsin. Uh, has a lot of Trey Young to his game. So I like this team. I think they're in the play-in. I think they're in the play-in making a fight for the sixth spot. But I think they end up as a home team in the play-in. Wow. You, uh, you're really liking this team. I think they're good. That could very well be wrong. This could be the one thing where I just totally screw up. But if you look at them and how the East is kind of shaken up after like the, you know, Cleveland, I think they compare with just about everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see this team making any noise. <laughs> I don't trust Bradley Beal at all. Um, last three years, he's been on and off the court. We're in his 11th season right now. Um, he's getting the paycheck. He's staying there. That's great. And everything Porzingis is one of the biggest question marks as well. Um, he has a hard time. If, if those, if those are your two guys that you are building this whatever around, um, I don't know, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm not thrilled about it at this point. I just, I don't, you know, I love Kyle Kuzma. Like you said, Corey Kispert's there. He can shoot, you know, they got Will Barton. That's a nice piece. Um, but I don't know if these pieces actually fit together and they've sank a lot of money into two guys that I no longer trust as my top two guys. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally makes sense. So I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say they're, they're not going to be in the playoffs. Just, I, I just don't see it. Josh, you're the tiebreaker now, apparently. I'm looking at this roster right now, and you know, Bradley Bill, Chris Stapps, Porzingis, Rui. You know, they got some they got some pieces that came in, you know, Will Barton, they got Kispert, they they got Monte Morris, they That's a good pick too. That's a good move too. They got Kyle Kuzma, who <laughs> I don't ever know what we're gonna get. Um, you, yeah, that, you mentioned that's Johnny true Davis, too. who you said you like a lot. Um, they somehow got Taj Gibson, who's only been in the league for thirteen years. Uh, seems like he's been there for twenty three. Um, mm-hmm. They have a lot of rookies on their roster. I don't know, man. Um, they got. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's a toss-up. Um, I think they'll be better than the Hornets. <laughs> um, I don't know. I could I could see them being in the play-in. I could see them being in the, you know, in that 8-9 range, getting into the play-in. I could see it. Yeah. don't know if they actually get in or not, but um, I like Bradley Bill's competitiveness. Um, if he can stay healthy, um, I've seen some things out of him when he is on the court and I feel like there's a, a lot of good role players on this team. I just don't know. I feel like nowadays teams have to have that third guy who can legit be like your score. And if, if Porzingis isn't, you know, if he's having one of his random nights where, you know, he doesn't want to play defense and doesn't want to, he wants to stay outside and shoot. That's not random, day. Josh. That's every <laughs> I'm seven. I'm a seven three point guard. Um, they Victor could. Victor is going to be a seven three point guard. Yeah, 
But um, I'm 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 thinking they're they're probably pushing 500, uh, maybe right under fighting for a play-in spot. I like it. Late lottery pick, unless they had the Penny Hardaway like luck luck of the draft. Yeah, yeah. I like this. I like it. All right, Sean. So you're going to wrap up the Atlantic here with this one because this is also a question you submitted about the Atlanta Hawks. Does Ajante Murray make the Atlanta Hawks a title contender? I think he does. Um, I think that <laughs> you have a decent point guard now. Dejounte last season he had the best. You know he had the best season of his career. Um, he ended up really, really excelling on a on a terrible basketball team last year. So looking at his stats from last year, he ended up with twenty one points a game, nine assists eight rebounds but here's the other thing he's gotten better every single year he's been in the league he's going into his sixth nba season um i think he's right here at the peak um i mean those are those are just amazing marks right there 21 points eight rebounds nine assists and he's also averaging two steals a game so you look at the damage that someone like like up up that he's a can you hear me yeah you you like disappeared for a second Oh, well, here I'm back. Yeah, you're good. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to definitely open up some doors, especially for Trey Young. He's going to be able to come off screens and do what he does, which is either make shots or not make shots. So it's it's one or the other. Um, I do like their, their two centers. They've got two centers that have been there for a minute. They've got Clint Capella. They've got John Collins. Those guys are heading up the post. So you got a couple of play- people in place. DeAndre Hunter kind of took a little bit of a, um, a step back, but he was really, really good in the playoffs last year. In the five games that he played, he averaged 21 points a game. So I don't know. I think this team's got a lot to look forward to. I think I think that was a, a really, really smart trade. And um, I'm – I'm curious as hell to see what these guys are going to be able to do on the floor. I think it's going to be really, really fun down in Atlanta this year. It should be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, first off, I really like Atlanta starting five. Me too. Um, Trey Young, Deontay Murray, DeAndre Hunter, Collins, Capella. Um, that's tough. Especially they learn how to play with each other. Um, I do want to see how Deontay Murray uh, and Trey Young's games mesh together because, I mean, Murray was kind of the point guard with the Spurs and Trey Young's kind of the point guard with the Hawks. So I don't know how that's going to work with having two guys on the floor that had the ball all the time. Um, But then I feel like this team falls off pretty solid after their starting five. Um, you know, you got the Holiday Boys and Bogdanovich and uh, Akongwu. And I don't really know if any of these other guys, you know, they have what? AJ Griffin. I don't know. I don't know what you're going to get out of him. Um, he was he was on and off at Duke. So there were when he was on, he was on. <laughs> to put it nicely. Yeah. Um, Jalen Johnson. I mean, I don't know. I... Hey, if they roll with six or seven, I mean, they're one of the top teams in the East. But if they have to get into their depth, um, I think it could hurt them a little bit. But I see them I see them around five, six in the East, maybe, if 
they stay we healthy. Should, we should just call that Hawks territory because that's where they're always at. Yeah, the yeah. five Hawks. Six. <laughs> yeah, that's the nest. That's that's the nest. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. All right, guys, we only have one division left. So, uh, Josh, I think we're actually to you here. Um, the only reason I just necessarily use this question is because of what their head coach said yesterday and the fact that uh, Dwayne Casey, when talking about his Detroit Pistons, said, we are ready to compete. Josh, the Pistons have had a very good offseason, not just drafting, but some of the guys they got to fill roster spots. They got Bogdan Bogdanovich. They got Nerlens Noel to build some depth behind their young guys. Are the Pistons ready to compete? No. <laughs> No, I think I think they might be a year away, and I'm only saying that just based off of their they they have some really good basketball players on their team. Um, we all know that Cade's going to be he's going to be um, uh, I always wondered if they would move him positions, but they have him listed on the roster as a point guard. Um, that, I mean, they got some backup guys like Killian Hayes that showed that he can go in sometimes. And I remember last year from fantasy, um, Diallo had some fantasy games that were out of this world. And like you said, they got Bogdan uh, Bogdanovich. Um, I never really know what we're going to get out of Marvin Bagley, Sadik Bay. He's been solid, but I still think that they're, they're just, I don't know, man. I just think they're a year off, a year off from being super competitive where they can compete for a spot. I agree. I really like their roster. I think that they've done a great job of putting together their nucleus of young guys. Uh, you know, they should be arrested for what they did to the Knicks in the draft to get Jalen Duran. That was robbery for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think there are a couple more guys away. Um, I love the idea of like their future being Cade, Sadiq Bay, Jaden Ivey, and Jalen Duran. Like that's for like someone like me who loves the NBA draft, like this is the ultimate NBA draft team. I'm pretty stoked. It's Cavs time, yeah. guys. Or unless you want to, add, you have a rebuttal, Sean? Oh no, I had no rebuttal. I, I I agree with everything you guys said. I think I think the the Pistons are a year away. They've got a lot of young pieces that are going to try to fit together this year. So yeah, yeah. Well. After this, after the Casley of the Bulls, I'm sure that's going to be like the lengthiest of the conversation with the three of us. But um, you know what? We'll save the Bulls for last, just in case. Just in case. Okay. All right. So the Cavs here, uh, the question was, can Donovan Mitchell buy back into playing defense on this roster? So if you look at Donovan Mitchell, his first two years in Utah, he was a really, really good defender. He was a plus defender. And these last three years, he was not at all. Um you know, they he relied, relied a lot on Rudy Gobert to kind of take care of everything in the behind him. And, you know, he relied a lot on the way that Quinn Schneider coached their defense to play. So going here with J.B. Bickerstaff, who's really done a great job of building a foundation defensively for the Cavaliers. You look at, obviously, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, um, guys like that who are, you know, consistently playing for this team. Uh, Dean Wade has been, like, someone who, like, occasionally has really good defensive moments for them. They got uh, Dean Wade? Yeah, D Wade. Yeah. <laughs> Again, D Wade's back in Cleveland. Um, so for Mitchell, it's you know, is he gonna be kind of just like blitzing the guard the ball handler to kind of get the ball out of their hands? Is he gonna kind of be 
you know, there to be kind of at the point of attack on defense, or is he going to be going back to what he was doing, where he's like, I've got Isaac Okoro, I've got Evan Mobin, I got Jared Allen behind me, and I think it's going to kind of be in between. Uh, I think in the playoffs in the East, especially, they're going to need him to play really good defense because he's going to be guarding some of the best wings in the game in the yeah. playoffs. Um, but I think he might get played a little easy in the Eastern Conference, and I think him and Darius Garland can kind of lean on the fact they have those three guys behind them. Well, they got they got Mobley's brother in the draft, right? Yeah, but he'll probably be in with the charge for most of the year. I think that my they, understanding. Um, I think they just got him on a two way, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think we've talked a couple times about this roster already, and we talked about how fun that their starting lineup is going to be. Uh, oh with yeah, Garland and Mitchell at the guards, and then. Mobley and Allen to protect the paint. And then whoever they decide to start at small forward, whether it be Karis Levert or it's a Coro or, you know, maybe they go all out and they just go ahead and start Seti Osman. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know, think that's like, happening. No, but you know, they got one of the Lopez twins. You said they got Dean Wade. Who's had some, had some definite um, flashes for them defensively. Like, I, I like their roster, and I think that, like you said, if Mitchell goes back to being the guy who can play two ways, we already know what we're getting from him offensively, um, and I don't think that's going to change. And I think him and Garland will be able to mesh their games pretty well. Um, this is a team that's with that tra- – they're top, they're top four in the East. I agree um, with that. They're, they're pushing – I mean, you got to think they're, they could, they're knocking somebody out of the top four spots. And I we're agree. talking Brooklyn, Philly, Boston, and uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. And then there's yeah. Cleveland. Sorry, Boston. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what you want to be right now. Or, you know, Atlanta's in there too. So Atlanta. Like... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think the Cleveland roster is above and beyond the Atlanta Hawks. I'm not going to, I think they're on a, in a different tier right now with everything they've got, but yeah, I think, I think Donovan and Garland are going to mesh. Well, I think he's going to be able to do, like you said, Tim, the same kind of stuff that he was, it's going to be a mix. He's going to be doing a little bit of the same kind of stuff that he was doing with Rudy Gobert kind of protecting him. So, and they've got some great defensive players here, man. Jarrett Allen is incredible. Um, <laughs> Mobley is is so good. They they still have Kevin Love on this team. They're getting Ricky Rubio back this year. Is that right? They are. Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, I if you have Rubio backing up your other point guard, you've got the elder statesman and and Kevin Love, Karis Levert, who when healthy is usually really really good. Robin Lopez, he gets you a few good hobo blocks every year. Raul Neto's <laughs> on this team. Yeah, 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 and and Neto's another one. We're not even talking about him. So it's it's this is a really really fun roster. I feel like it's a lot deeper than than some people think that it's going to be. And and I agree with with Josh assessment here. I think they're I think they they could very well be top four right here. That first seven, like it's something when you go into the season, you already know your playoff rotation. Like that's. That's a nice advantage to have. Everything like goes this play and everyone stays healthy. Uh, so, yeah, you know, we talked about. I think I mentioned this last week. I feel like the Cavs could be that team that like goes to the conference finals a year ahead of schedule, uh, like we've seen like a couple teams do in yeah. the past few years. I think yeah. they really could be that team. Um, all right, we got three teams left. Let's talk about the Bucks real quick. 
So, uh, Sean, I believe this is your question. Go for it. Are a healthy Bucks roster the NBA title favorites? Um, yeah, I don't see why not. <laughs> um, I feel like uh, the 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 injury to to Chris Middleton last year was really really devastating to this team. People underrate him year after year, um, and uh, it really showed last year when he was out how important to this roster he was, uh, offensively and defensively. Um, they just they weren't they're not the same team without him. Um, but you look at what that they they're going to be coming back. They got Bobby back again um, on a, on a decent deal, bringing him back in, and he's such a great energy guy. You still have you know Rue Holiday. You still have Giannis. Uh, even though I hate him, you got Grayson Allen. You got Pat coming back. Um, this is a great team. This is a really, really, really fun team. And Brooke Lopez, I feel like still, I mean, even though I feel like he's way past his prime in terms of what he produced at the beginning of his career with the Nets, I feel like this is, uh, I feel like he's really found his his place with this team. I totally forgot they got Serge Ibaka to back up Brooke Lopez. That's yeah, yeah. pretty nice. Yeah. That they did. That they did. So, not a not a bad older elder statesman to have on your team there either. So he's been there. Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you guys. Um, it sounds like they're pretty high on uh, Marjan Bucamp, who they got in the draft this year, late in the first round. Uh, I liked him a lot when I watched his tape. I you know struggled last year, so that's why he dropped so low. But could be a guy that could play some effects for him. You know, he's if he's a Boonholzer guy that can kind of buy into the system, could be a very very nice piece for them. He averaged 30 points a game last year and 10 rebounds in his league that he was in. The the Valley Yaks in Washington. Yeah. Did he play an overtime elite? Is that what he did? Um, yeah, he played um, That's right. Well, yeah, yeah. 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 Overtime elite. That's so much basketball to watch in draft prep now. Yes. All right, Josh, you got to answer this question because Ben does not get back in time. This is about the Pacers. Oh, man. Who do the Pacers trade during the season? Because we already know they tried to trade <laughs> Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. Well, <laughs> um, as weird as this sounds, because he opened his mouth in a in a in an interview one day, <laughs> my my bet is on they're going to trade Halliburton. <laughs> <laughs> really, you think Halliburton's the guy? Or just just hey, we got this guy. He's really good. We're in, we're rebuilding. We're going to get rid of him and try to get some assets back. We're going to go in a different direction. Well, yeah, we know that he's only twenty two years old, but. Um, we feel like we can move on from him. And that's how I feel like the Pacers are thinking right now. I think it's the opposite. Honestly, I think that their future is Halliburton and Matherin. They, they have a, you're right, man. They Matherin, Halliburton, uh, Buddy Hill, who's still in his prime. As far as I can say, Miles Turner stays healthy. Um, you look at some of the pieces on this team, they have like a small nucleus 
But then you got to look at what they got rid of. You know, they got rid of Sabonis. Um, they got rid of Brogdon. And I don't know. I don't know, man. I know they, they got hard. $40 billion in two guys they want to get rid of really bad. They play hard, man. I, I'll give you that. Um, do you think they get rid of them? I think they're going to try. This is this a is this a everything must go sort of situation? I think so. Um, okay. I think they I think they're really in on the whole trying to get on the Wembeyama sweepstakes. Um, we know Rick Carlisle is one to draft international stars. Yes, he so, is. Yeah, I think this has got to be up his idol. But so you think Hill and Turner are gone, huh? I think they're going to do everything they can to get rid of them because after that, if you get rid of them, your biggest contract that you have on the books is Daniel Tice at eight point seven million. And then TJ McConnell, 8.1 million. Yeah, but the problem got... is, is some of these guys are about to get paid. So yeah, Halliburton's about to get paid. Yeah. Agreed. But I think they're fine paying that because they're going to have so little on the books that they can get all these guys on rookie deals and sign rookie extensions as they try to build back up. I know it doesn't show up in the stat book, like per se, but I'm going to tell everybody out there for fantasy purposes. TJ McConnell on the floor is a fantasy god. <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, there's, yes, he is. There's been games where he's he's got 100 points in a fantasy game, just randomly with his assist steals and like some of the other stuff that he does. Um, they have some young talent. Like Chris Duarte's had some games. Like he had some games Love last Duarte. year where he balled Love out. Him, yeah. And um, if you if you feel that they're going to go that route, then they're probably a couple years away from being a contender. I don't know if they can draft in the draft to get Victor and then all of a sudden be a contender next year like that. Like, I don't know if it's going to be that fast. Probably not. Uh, but, you know, not everyone has the Carmelo Anthony situation where he gets drafted and all of a sudden they, like, get a guys around him immediately and they're in the playoffs. But, um, yeah, I think, I think though, you know, they're, they want to pick in the top three. Um, and that's kind of obvious. So... Scoot Henderson going here. That'd be kind of fun with all those guards. That'd be pretty cool. Scoot. Love Scoot. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I think they're going to keep passing the Lakers if they want these guys. And I think at some point the Lakers are probably going to say yes. And then we're going to finally stop talking about it. And I yeah. look forward for that day. Yeah, me too. Yeah. All right. Well, I say this for last because the three of us are here. And we already know that things are looking doom and gloom to start out. Uh, what is the Bulls plan at point guard? Because now we know Lonzo Ball surgery has it said that like it's a really good chance he's not going to play this year, from what has been leaked today. Uh, yeah. Originally, it was he would be reevaluated, not back, reevaluated in six to eight weeks, yeah. which is never a good sign. Um, so, guys, instead of it just being one of us individually, let's just have the open discussion here, shall we? I've got Let's an idea. Because I don't do want I don't want it to be Goran Dragic. I really don't. I don't I don't think he makes them better. Uh, I mean he makes them better off the bench, but like being a starting five every day, I'm not down for it. So which which guy are you putting at point? Zach Levine. Okay. He did he did play point guard. So I mean, my he, thought process is Zach Levine on offense is the one. And on Demar defense, at the two? 
Yeah. So, on offense, you have Zach Levine as the one. On defense, he plays the two because you have Ayo Donsumo or Alex Caruso in the starting lineup for that other guard position. I don't... I think they'll just probably start Caruso at point guard. Like, I don't, I don't see them saying Zach Levine's the point guard. Zach played point guard uh, for a minute in Minnesota. I know he played point guard for a little while um, in college as well. Um, I think the easy answer here is Desumu putting him in there, but I don't know if he's exactly ready to take over the reins of this roster, but I think there's going to be moments in this season where I, I think he is going to get some starts for the year for sure. Uh, Drogic is going into what year 18 thousand. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, this is, he's not going to be, I, I don't see him as the starting point guard on this team. He's definitely, this is a probably a final year or final two year thing for him um, to come in. But um, I do like the idea of, of putting Zach Levine there, but you know, This this whole situation sucks. <laughs> like it all sucks. They sank what eighty eight million dollars in Alonzo Ball, and you know from everything what I'm reading, it sounds like he has arthritis in his knee already. Yeah, um, which is not a great sign when he's saying, "Oh, I can't walk up steps. Oh, I can't run. Oh, I can't play basketball." You've been out since what January or March of last year? January. January. Okay, so we're coming up on a full year since you've played competitive basketball. Um, this is a bad, bad, bad situation for this team. Um, this was, it's a nightmare scenario. Um, I don't know. There's no great solution here because this team was built initially around a defensive identity. And that was Lonzo ball and Caruso being there at the same time. And when they were both on the floor together, this last season in the few games they were in, they were phenomenal. They were absolutely phenomenal. And that is what this, this, this team had envisioned from the beginning. And we just got a glimpse of it. And they were so good in the beginning of the year, those first couple games, they were out. Would they go like five and O or something or six and O I forget the bulls. Yeah. I mean, they had a, they had a great like opening run for the first month. They were fantastic. Um, I, this is just uh, this is just really tough. I do think Desumo is going to step up. I think he played harder than any player on this team last year. Um, never gave up, and I love what he brings. And I I hope that he can just take a step this year and maybe become that guy because they're going to need him to. What if um? <laughs> don't laugh at me. I don't I don't know how this would work, but. We're going to probably have to sign someone. We're probably going to have to try to find someone to fill that roster spot. Uh, who's out there that's capable of playing that position that would give us at least some type of help? Whether they come off the bench and they start Caruso or they start Drogic or they move Levine and – um the, for some reason, the first person's name that came to my mind was Kimball Walker, and I just started laughing at myself. And I was like, nobody's ever going to see the old Kimball Walker again. 
No. But if if there was like at least a flash of like us being able to revive him for the amount of time that Lonzo was out, it, it could possibly work. But as far as like free agent point guards, like that was the only name I could think of. Only name. Is Kimba a straight free agent right now? He is not. The Pistons told him not to report to camp, so he's not a free agent yet. But it's okay. about that. It's bound to happen. Well, okay. here's my question: If you knew about this, right? It's not like this is a secret. Like this has been talked about, like Sean said, since January. This isn't something over the summer where all of a sudden we're like, "Oh my God, he can't play." Why the hell did you not get Pat Bev from the Utah Jazz? Why did you let the Lakers get him? I don't like Pat Beverly, but would he be perfect? He's a Chicago kid. They love those like hard nosed defense guys. He is the ultimate hard nosed defense guy. Like, can we sign Kirk Heinrich back for a year? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, Bring in the captain. <laughs> I, I I highly doubt the Knicks are going to trade the Derrick Rose because, and I don't think the Bulls necessarily want him, um, especially with Goron being there. I don't think he makes any sense, but. I just, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like Patrick Beverly would have been an awesome fit for the Bulls. And I can't believe I'm saying that. That pains me a lot to say that. It's, uh, it's going to be a rough year. I'm extremely disappointed. The news that came out of camp today, uh, every piece of information about what had happened is, is it's, really really damning about the situation so i everything sucks <laughs> yep yep <laughs> that's that's where i'm at everything sucks with this this is this was a lot of money to sink into a guy that we all wanted to i'm not even gonna lie all of us yes yes we want him there the perfect piece to fit with these guys defensively perfect guy for the culture everything blah 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 blah, blah. yeah nothing we got nothing Maybe Dale and Terry will, play, Terry will play point guard. Who knows? We'll just throw him out there. No? No, you don't think so? You Not don't... yet. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. No? Okay. No, no. no. I think Zach Levine makes a ton of sense. I don't think they'll do it, but I think it makes a ton of sense. It does. I agree with you. I like it. Yeah. And Josh, you asked this earlier, so I know we got we got to touch on it here. Um, you mentioned about in the text about Patrick Williams and like, you know, now, it's now or never for him. Like, they – you know, love. it's 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 now or never for Tim and my gigantic rookie card collections. Are they going to be worth anything? Or are we just going to throw them out? Yeah, I mean, everything sounds great out of uh, you know from the off season. Like he dropped a lot of weight. He did the five. Looks great. Workouts. He looks awesome. Did the five a.m. workouts with Demar Derozan. Um, you know, and I know. You know, obviously at the end of the year last year, there was that Minnesota game where he was incredible. And I know the first thing everyone's going to say is like, well, they didn't play a lot of guys, but still pretty hard to score 37 points in an NBA game. So to know you have that tendency, that the possibility to do so is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, this is it, man. Like, I love him. I, I'm really high on him. But like, you're not going to have a better chance to shine than this year when they're without Lonzo Ball and you're kind of kind of be, you, you're the third guy in the offense now. So. Go do your thing. Yep. All right. Well, I think we can wrap this uh, Eastern Conference one up. Unless there's anyone, any final touches, any final comments before we roll out? I feel like I feel all bummed and depressed now that we ended with the Bulls. (laughs) What were you doing there? (laughs) 
I'm just sitting here <laughs> contemplating about how good it would have been. What would have been? What would have been? Well, stall, stall, stall asks, what the bell is this about? Um, well, we're talking about basketball, stall, stall, stall. <laughs> that's that's what it was about. But you came in last minute. But thanks for tuning in. Thanks for the comment. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, so next week we'll do the Western Conference. We'll go through their 15 teams. I'm sure we'll have great things to say about the Warriors and not great things to say about the Lakers, just like we do every week. Um <laughs> We should Spoiler. just skip the Lakers altogether. We should just do like 14 teams, yeah. 16, 15 teams. Yeah. Skip the Lakers, skip the Jazz. Just talk about everyone else. <laughs> oh, man, please skip the Jazz. Please skip the Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> the so, Jazz are going to win 10 games. <laughs> You're not lying, man. You're not lying. I know. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, if you have a moment, please take a second to subscribe to us on your podcast subscriber of choice uh, and give us that nice soft five-star review. If you want to support the brand, please take a second to go ahead and go to 48minutesbasketballnetwork.merchmake.com and get some excellent gear supporting the brand. We'll definitely appreciate it. Uh, but other than that, we're going to go and wrap up. We'll see you next week for the West. Take it easy, everybody.